From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google. Throw in Microsoft, Twitter, and Netflix, and what you have is a group of companies increasingly being referred to as big tech. And if that has a negative connotation to you along the lines of, say, big oil or big tobacco, well, that's kind of the point. Tech companies are coming under attack for their role in Russian interference before and after the presidential election. How did Facebook somehow not make the connection that electoral ads paid for in rubles were coming from Russia? And they're being criticized for using loopholes to avoid paying taxes in the United States. Those leaked Paradise Papers that everyone is talking about show that Apple stashed $250 billion in Jersey, a tiny island off the coast of France known for being a tax haven. These companies have become so big and so powerful, consumers and policymakers are beginning to pay more attention to what exactly these companies are doing and how they affect our lives. Well, joining me is Rana Fruhar, global business columnist at the Financial Times. Hi, Rana. Hey. So for nearly 20 years, the tech companies have been pretty much left alone. There's been very little regulation, but it feels like in just the past couple of weeks, you could see this change <laughs> and people are looking at them differently. Why? Well, I think it's been a change that's probably been growing over the last five or six years or so. And if you go back to kind of the mid-1990s, that's when a lot of the legislation that regulates the Internet, to the extent that there is any regulation, that's when this was crafted. And back in the mid-90s, a lot of these firms, A, either didn't exist or they really were kind of small startups in someone's garage. And so when they would argue, hey, we shouldn't be liable for the same things that big media companies are, we shouldn't have to play by the same rules as other large companies, they could really make that case then. But over the last couple of decades, they've grown to be the richest, largest, most powerful companies in America, both economically and politically. Talk to me a little bit more about how they are actually regulated, because I feel like this gets to this question of, are they tech organizations or are they media companies? Like, yeah. wh which one are they? Well, they would very much like for you to think that they are tech organizations and that they have nothing to do with sort of human beings, with news judgment. But the fact is that if you look at the business model, particularly of Facebook, let's say, it's really just a highly targeted advertising firm. I mean, this is a firm that, like a newspaper, like a radio broadcaster, like a TV broadcaster, can send advertising to a group of people that advertisers want to reach. But using this incredible amount of data that it compiles on all of us, it can target that ad almost down to a person. And that's what was really in question during the elections, that any number of Russian entities were paying money to Facebook in order to reach certain kinds of people with certain kinds of messages. Now, that is an advertising business. It's a much more focused advertising business than, say, you know, what the FT does or what a radio station might do. But it's an advertising business. And so that goes to the issue, why are these tech firms getting out of the same kinds of rules that any other media company would have to abide by, like, for example, disclosing political advertising? You said that the main body of regulations for the tech companies dates back to the mid-90s. Yeah. Is there any move to pass new legislation, and what would that look like? Well, there's a couple of moves underway. One of them has to do with a really obscure legal loophole, let's call it, um, CDA 230. It's part of the kind of, now exactly, how's that for an acronym? I think my eyes went to the back of my head. <laughs> right, let, let me unpack that for you. It's part of the Communications Decency Act. 
part 230 of that, which allows tech platforms, uh, Google, Facebook, and the like, to get away with not really being responsible for what people put on their platforms. So the argument has always been, hey, we're the town square. We're the digital town square. And we just provide a platform for anyone to do what they want, but we don't have legal liability for it. So that's different from, say, a newspaper where if you are knowingly allowing people to put uh, hate speech up or false statements. false statements politically, allowing Russians to come on and, you know, manipulate the U.S. elections, you are liable. You will have to take responsibility. That's now being chipped away at. There is a bit of legislation that the tech companies, after a lot of pressure and protest, have finally gotten behind saying that, okay, for example, if you are knowingly taking money from sex traffickers in the way that, say, Backpage.com, in a highly publicized way, was doing, you are going to be liable for that. You're going to be criminally liable at a federal level. And for a while, the tech firms had argued, well, we don't even want to be liable for something that egregious because they know that if you start chipping away at this loophole, then eventually it may be overturned. But isn't there always a danger that regulations could end up stifling innovation? I mean, they have been largely self-regulated and they have been quite successful and they have done a tremendous amount for the economy. We've all benefited from these companies. Isn't there a danger from regulations? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly what the firms would argue. And it's a fair point that particularly in complicated industries, finance, technology, it is really difficult to craft the right regulation. We can see just with the financial industry after the crafting of Dodd-Frank, a lot of complaints about how that's worked from both sides of the aisle. But I think that the tech complaints about, oh, we can't be regulated at all are overblown. I mean, if you look just at the way in which tech companies have used artificial intelligence to keep pornography off of their sites, they've done that really successfully. A lot of experts would say that they could do the same thing with nefarious political advertising. And actually, another bit of legislation is the Honest Ads Act, which would require them to really get out there and disclose political advertising and help target that nefarious advertising the same way that any other media company would. So how have other countries approached the Googles and Facebooks operating in their country? Europe has really been at the cutting edge. For starters, they're pushing towards a system in which users would really own their own data and certainly own the right to be forgotten, to be taken off of the databases of platforms, to have all your previous search information wiped clean. In some ways, there is a danger because of all this different regulation that we might be moving towards what people refer to as a splinter net in which different parts of the world are using regulation in different ways. So how do we find that balance in this country between regulation and at the same time uh, letting these companies be creative and come up with self-driving cars? Transparency is really important. They should not be afraid to open up the black box, let us see the algorithms, let us see how they do things. A lot of tech companies will say, hey, that's our secret sauce. But, you know, there's research to show that it's not so much the cleverness of a particular algorithm that makes a company competitive. It's how much data they put into that algorithm. So really, our data is the new oil. I think that ultimately we should probably have a kind of an FDA for tech. You know, if you think about the ways in which these firms are systemically important economically, politically, cognitively. I mean, they're really affecting our brains and the way we think and process information, I think that ultimately we're probably going to have to have a regulatory body to look at them. Rana Fruhar is the global business columnist at the Financial Times. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC. 